I had the experience for 10 years doing everything in the restaurant. So I gave myself the, the, the title. I was like, I got this. Yeah, I'm a chef. I could do this. Fake it till you make it. And she was like, great. I have a client for you. From the cubicle to the lab, the studio to the war room, climbing up the corporate ladder or joining a scrappy startup, experience a day in the life of the jobs you want. This is the Experience a Day in the Life podcast. We interview professionals, entrepreneurs, and recent grads about what a day is actually like on the job, hour by hour, or as we like to call it, their a-diddle, spelled A-D-I-T-L, which stands for a day in the life. This podcast will inspire you to gain experience beyond the classroom and launch a career of your own. We're your hosts, Chris DeBeau and Matt Poe. Welcome to part two in the two-part Healthy Hustle series. In part one, we went through hour by hour a day in Julia Tepitar's life as a private chef and health coach. In this episode, we'll take you through Julia's career journey so you know what skills and experience are necessary to land a job as a private chef slash health coach. She worked her ass off owning a restaurant after graduation, and after several years, she needed a career change. It was through networking and additional education that launched her business, Health Chef Services. She even landed Ryan Seacrest as a client. Let's learn how she did it so you can too. You told me that like healthy eating and nutrition was a huge priority in your family. Did you ever expect, looking back, that nutrition and health and cooking was going to be a career of yours? No, I never did. I honestly, I come from like an immigrant family. We moved here when I was a baby. So it was always like a big goal in my family to, you're going to get good grades. You're going to go to college. You're going to pursue like a good career. All of those things are necessary. So I never thought that cooking would be a career. I always thought it was like a hobby or like something you do at home when you get home from work. Um, So it was really interesting that I found this niche and this way of pursuing both my creativity and my passion for food and business. The age-old question, what did you want to be when you were growing up? <laughs> Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, every Jewish mother's dream is to, like, be a doctor. So, like, my mom was like, you don't need a man. You'll be independent. <laughs> don't be a doctor or a lawyer or a pharmacist. And I was like, okay. I'll do that. So I went to college as an undergrad and changed my major like 17 times. She attended Temple University and originally studied pre-med, then journalism, and then history. And then I decided, okay, I can't have a major in history. Like, what am I going to do? Like, I don't know if I have it in me to keep going to school and get a doctorate or a PhD or something. Like, I don't know if that's really for me. Am I that, like, educationally tracked? I don't know. So I was like, you know what? I can do education and I'll have the minor in history and then I could be like a history teacher, social studies, something along those lines. Loved it. Loved learning all about the different ways to teach people, auditory learners, visual learners, really engaged with all of that. And I got probably through my junior year, like almost to the beginning of my senior year. And we had to do a student teaching. And I went to like an upper middle class high school in the suburbs of Pennsylvania And I was like really close with my guidance counselor. So I contacted her if I could do my student teaching there. And she was like, yes, of course, come over. So first day of student teaching and they put me in like, once again, this is upper middle class suburbs and it's like the bad kid class. Um, And it wasn't even the bad kid class. Like it was just, it was just very interesting. And I'm, I'm 20, 
I'm 20 at this point. And all of these kids are asking me, like, buy them cigarettes or, like, making, like, crude jokes. Then I'm like, yeah, I don't have this in me. Like, I can't do this. (laughs) And the next day I changed my major. Good old trial and error. If she didn't have that experience, she would have been stuck working in an industry she didn't even like. No one wants that. She switched her major to psychology and history with a minor in art history and graduated as a fifth year senior. She had no job prospects after graduation, but was given the opportunity to own and run her parents' NYC restaurant, The Organic Grill. Talk to us about your uh, mindset leading up to graduation. Seems like you were bouncing back and forth between what you wanted to do. Yeah, so in between all of this, I um, had been working in New York. So my parents have a restaurant in the East Village. So I would go every weekend to the city. And I would come in like Thursday night, work all day, a double Friday, a double Saturday, Sunday brunch, and then drive back to Philly. And I think I was like the only 21-year-old who was making $900 in a weekend or even more sometimes. And I would come back and I'd be like, I have so much money. And I really didn't see myself doing anything else. Like I really had no idea what I wanted to do. And I just don't know sometimes how 18-year-olds know their path. And like if you do, that's amazing. I'm very jealous, (laughs) proud, but very jealous. Um, And 21-year-olds who know their path, still proud of you. Super jealous. Uh, 25, still proud, super jealous. Um, I think it only came to me at like 28, 29. So I want to give people the reassurance that it will come to you eventually. So don't panic. So I was waitressing, going back and forth, and I'd graduated. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this whole waitressing thing for a little bit and see where it goes. And within six months, I was like, okay, you know, I'm really good at this. I worked as a waitress throughout high school and weddings and bar mitzvahs. And I've been managing this place basically without the title. So I took it over, ran it, did everything from the marketing to the menu planning to the menu design to the cooking to the serving to the dishwashing to the trash unloading. And I loved it. The restaurant's green all over from the exterior to the items on the menu. While they have some signature dishes, the menu changes throughout the year with the seasons. I met with a, he was called like a restaurant doctor. He would sit you down and talk to you about like projections and pricing and margins and all of this stuff that I felt like I was in like a statistics class. I was like, oh man, I thought I left, I graduated college already. This is so much. And like food costs and how to calculate, like if you're spending this much, how much should your dish cost in order to make profit? And like New York City minimum wage laws and, um, you know, how you have to pay this person this much and hourly reflects into the cost of the dish because let's say the dish costs you $2 to make. You're also including the cost of paying the staff to be there and then including a 30% markup. So people envision like, I'm going to grow up or I'm going to open up a bar or I'm going to open up a restaurant. And they don't realize that it's like a nickel and dime profit system. Maybe more with bars because it's a $300 or 300% markup versus restaurants, which is a 30% markup. But you have to be on top of every little thing because if not, that's just like money being spent and down the drain. What was a typical day like? Um, So I was commuting. I was living in Brooklyn at the time. So it was like 45 minute commute, open the doors, make sure everything's arrived, go through all of the produce, go through inventory, open, clean up, set up, have the server come in, have them set up, um, then go into like emails from 
bills to PR to articles to caterings to, you know, weekly clients. So we had like weekly clients um, at offices like WeWork and Bond Collective and Integrative School of Nutrition where we would deliver staff lunches. So that was a whole thing. But on top of that is just managing a staff. Like, so when you're under a 15 person staff, like you're, you do everything. You're still monitoring this entire group. Like someone has to be in control and you have to be, someone has to wear the pants and you have to like, you know, put your foot down and act as an authoritative figure. But it's definitely hard as a 21 year old girl telling 45 year old kitchen workers to like work faster. And like you missed a spot and you know, health inspection is coming. And so I had to like yell at people. I was like Gordon Ramsay, but like a 21 year old girl. (laughs) But yes, the defining moment I think was I caught this two people stealing. And I mean, at this point, I think there was five servers rotating. So two of them being having to be fired means that I'm working triple shifts until I can have someone who's equipped enough to like handle brunch or something. So I had to fire them. And this is like my first firing extravagant, like not extravaganza, I guess. <laughs> and I remember sitting in the car waiting for alternate side parking. And I was like, okay, this is the perfect time that I can do it. So I called them and I fired them and I, I wrote an email to have it in paper and I told them why. And they tried to come back at me and like give me like some sort of dirty remark. And I remember like Googling like the proper termination email and I I remember like after I got off the call and I was like okay I acted really professional in that call I was good I did it right but I remember after that incident and the whole firing and the friends of the other friends the five servers you know in a restaurant environment you get kind of close with each other so all the five servers were friends and they knew that I had fired those two for stealing and I had a meeting in regards to why they were let go and new rules, new management, new, all of these like things that I set in place. And it definitely set the precedence for like, this will not be tolerated. So what did you learn from this experience being so young on the job to own a whole place calling the shots? What did you learn and what did you carry over into your business today? I definitely learned knowing your worth, you know, as a business starting up or as a business that wants to flourish, you're willing to take on so many things and do events or free this, free that. Yes, I'll bring you a free tray if you promote us on your social or yes, I'll bring you a free tray and you talk about us on your podcast or all those sorts of things that you have to do. And at a certain point in New York, because you realize that everyone is hustling and everybody is trying to start their business or start their dream. Um, but in order to start your dream, you also need to know your worth. So you can't be giving all, everything away for free. You're making your product or your service not as important or as worthy, but you're also just spreading yourself way too thin. So is it necessary to be part of some vegan shop up where you're not making any money, but you have exposure? Maybe. But is it necessary to bring it to some influencer who has 2,000 followers, a tray of food in hopes that her friends promote it maybe not so like I've definitely learned when someone really wants to help your brand and promote you and collaborate versus trying to just exploit you and kind of use you 
While Julia was working at the Organic Grill, she was taking recreational culinary classes focused on holistic plant-based approaches that would then carry over to her menu planning for the restaurant. She also trained to be a health and wellness coach at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and completed a food therapy program at the National Gourmet Institute for Health and Culinary Arts, which is where she's attending part-time culinary school today. Now, this is kind of like a newish health profession, right? Can you tell us why there's a growing need for a health profession like this? And where do doctors fit into this equation? That's actually really interesting. And I love this concept because so doctors are, you know, on a track of let's prescribe medicine to fix this. If doctors were able to see it faster and get to it through a functional medicine, food, and holistic approach, we might have less need for pharmaceutical drugs and less epidemic of these like fatal diseases. Health coaches start from the beginning like, oh, okay, I have problems with my digestion or my stomach hurts after every time I eat. And you go to the gastro, they give you a colonoscopy, and endoscopy, and they say everything is fine. You're absolutely fine. Here's some antacids. But what they're not noticing is that you actually have leaky gut. So like part of your gut lining is leaking into your um, intestines, causing lots of digestive issues, bloating, gas, fatigue. And the health coach's role is to find it from the starting point and to like work their way back into putting you in a state of good health. So how do you do that? Do you... You just sit down and interview them about... Yeah, you basically do like a whole health check on them through like a day in the life. And you kind of go back. You start from the end to the beginning and work your way through to see what it is that either they're eating or doing or, I don't know, maybe they're working with like harsh chemicals or maybe they're eating too much raw fish and they have like a heavy metal toxins. Um, Maybe they got bit with a tick... Um, and never had any side effects until now. And now they're losing, they have brain fog, they're losing speech abilities, they're losing like motor functions, and no doctor can detect what's happening. Another big trigger thing is people with celiac. So they go to all these tests, all these tests, and they're like, no, you don't have celiac, you don't have any digestive issues, but this person is like violently ill after eating. And the only way to figure out that you have celiac besides like the blood test is to do like an elimination diet or a FODMAPing diet. And most doctors don't want to have to go through all that. They'd rather prescribe. So the health coach will go and work their way through all of this and kind of be your 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 friend, your coach, your therapist, your doctor, and kind of just like guide you through the through the thing. And it's also a different approach to medicine. It's more of a holistic, it's more of a woo, Chinese herbs, meditation, um, acupuncture, like all sorts of alternative ways to heal yourself without loading your body full of antibiotics and chemicals and that kind of thing. Between culinary classes, health and wellness coaching training, running a restaurant, and everything in between, this was all experience she was getting without even knowing it would blend together one day into a full-time business. After five-ish years at the Organic Grill, her health took a turn, though. In 2017, I was like, I just turned 28, and I was like, I don't know if this is it. I'm super unhappy still. Like, I work every single day. My phone buzzes, and I have shakes. I thought, you know, you put your phone on silent, but you think it's like 
phantom vibrating and I didn't want to do that anymore. But it's really hard to like walk away from something that's been your baby for almost 10 years. So I gave myself shingles because I was so stressed and weakened immune system. And I was at a commission for about three months. And I think it was like the best experience that's happened to me. Unfortunately, I finally had a moment in my life to be like, okay, let me actually figure out what I want to do. And I'm still affiliated with the restaurant, but I walked away for three months. I started going to every networking group, every coffee date, every networking group. I would make friends with someone who I was interested in how they're doing their business and different ways I can move and grow in like a food related business, but not so much in the restaurant world. And I didn't know what it was going to be and I had no idea, but I knew I wanted something different. She hired a web developer to design her website via Squarespace, a photographer to take pictures for the site, and experimented with her Instagram page. In this business, your online presence is important, especially if you want to book clients. They're going to be scrolling through your feed. So you were just kind of like finding your finding your niche, talking to all these people, networking like a fiend, and then you got a job as a business development associate at a startup. Yes. Can you tell me how that came about and why you decided to do that? Yes, so... Um, as I was going to all these networking events, like Six Degrees, Emily, the girl who founded Six Degrees, who's one of my good friends, was like, I have a friend from high school who's at this startup. And at the time I was living in Flatiron and this startup was in Flatiron. It was a block away from my apartment. And she was like, I think they're hiring for like biz development people. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Mm -hmm. She's like, yeah, I don't really think they do either. But since you're like struggling and you don't want to be in the restaurant, you don't know if you want to do food, but like you're figuring out. Like, let me set up an interview. I was like, okay. I got the job that day. Like, they sent me an email five minutes after the interview saying, like, we'd like to hire you. Here's your starting package. And Emily's like, wait, don't respond. Let me, let's counter offer. And I'm like, you can do that? I'm like, this is what happens when I never had a corporate job after college. Right. You know, I was had, I was the one who developed, like, the the costs and the pricing. And like, there was never anyone that I had to check in with or no one above me. And she was like, yeah, that's Yes, we're going to counter. I'm like, okay, this is like an episode of New York Listing. Let's do this. And she countered and wrote this whole thing. And I think she got me like ten more, $10,000 more a year. And I was there for about three months. And it was a very interesting experience. This job was more of a means to an end. Collecting a paycheck and learning how not to run a startup while starting her own business. From there, she worked as a private chef for the clients of the personal trainer she met while networking. Because I was like, I hate this app, but there has to be something else, right? And I, I was like, I knew it had to be in food, but I really didn't know where in food. And I was like, you know, I'm a chef. I wasn't, but yeah, I am. That's the great thing about saying that you're a chef. You don't need, technically, you don't need um, a culinary degree. Like most chefs, most amazing chefs are self-taught. But like I said, like I had the experience for 10 years doing everything in the restaurant. So I gave myself the... Then the title, I was like, I got this. Yeah, I'm a chef. I could do this. Fake it till you make it. And she was like, great. I have a client for you. And she emailed me that day and I got my first client. But through Six Degrees, I had a girl that I was like grabbing drinks with one day. And she was like, you know, my aunt has a friend. She's like in Tribeca. She's like, a, you know, one of those Tribeca moms. She has a Christmas party every year and I think she needs some help. I'm like, great, email her. And we're at the bar and she's emailing her. And she responded right away. And she was like, yes, I need someone for Christmas. And I think Christmas was like four days away. I was like, yeah, I'm around. What else does a Jew do on Christmas? 
So I went to her house, like had my knives, had everything set, was wearing like all black, like ready to cook. And she's like, oh, no, like we just need you to like be around. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. So I basically just like washed wine glasses and like helped clean up. And it was like the best $500 I've ever made in three hours. And I was like, okay, like I could do this. Um, And she the wife and the husband, the main people were like, you know, we really liked your attitude. We love your vibe. Can you send us like a price sheet on meal planning and maybe like some menus? Yeah, of course. Came home the next day, sent it all out. And she had sent it to her mom friends. So it just kind of started from there. And then a, a crazy thing happened where my family friends have a travel agency and haven't spoke to them in maybe a decade. And they reach out to me. They're like, hey, Saw you on Instagram, saw that you're pursuing this private chef thing. I have a client. You have to sign an NDA. We can't tell you who it is, but they're looking for a chef. And if this works out, you'd be going back and forth from L.A. to New York. They want someone full time, five days a week, travel, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, yeah. I was like, I could do that. That sounds awesome. Sounds so glamorous. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And still didn't know who the client was. Did a test. And they were like vegan, but they did two separate meals. So they all ate according to their blood type. So she had one blood type. He had another blood type. And I would have to do meals for both every day, but different and kind of have like a menu plan set up for them. And they loved the setup that I did. And they flew me out to L.A. When I was being flown out, I still had no idea who the person was. (laughs) And I was like kind of scared to tell my mom. Because I was like, she's going to say, this is like a death trap. Like, (laughs) someone's going to kill you. Um, So I kind of didn't tell anyone. I just like went to L.A. And I ended up at Ryan Seacrest's house. that's so cool. (laughs) Yeah, so that was pretty cool. How long were you working for him? Uh, Three months, four months. Like, L.A. and New York. So that was like during like Idol. That was really cool. Everything since then is just kind of like really interesting clients have like popped up through the woodwork. Through that Tribeca mom, I got uh, connected to Jenny Biggs. She's been amazing and like promoted me to friends, promoted me on social media. And it's just been kind of like trajectory of like one thing after another that's been like super positive and super amazing. And I think that it's all about like the energy that you put forth and people read that and just kind of happens. She's had consistent clients ever since. She's seeing great success with the business, but Health Chef Services is still a work in progress with big plans in the future. What advice would you have for college students who want to get into health and wellness and culinary business? Um, Just because there are so many that are popping up, how would you advise them to create a brand that stands out and are able to get clients? Ask for help. I definitely think that networking is very important and you can be in high school, you can be in college, you can be out of college. But I think personally, the way that I learn the best is through listening through other to other people and like viewing other people's struggles and um, achievements. So like I listen to a ton of podcasts. I listen to a lot of um, YouTube videos and vlogs and I went to all the networking groups. And I think through that is where I was able to curate and find a structure. And it's not set in stone. Like I'm still adjusting things. I'm still trying to figure out new 
ways of engaging with people. And I think reaching out to people who have already done it is a great source of um, knowledge as well. Because I'm sure that a lot of influencers, even if you have 5,000 to 25,000, they're willing to meet you for coffee. They're willing to have a quick call with you or like to email back and forth and help you and tell you how they got started. So I think just like learning the structure and figuring out all the different ways that people have failed and succeeded is a really great starting point to then start your business. That wraps up part two in the Healthy Hustle series. Huge thanks to Julia Chevatar for sharing her wisdom throughout this experience, A Day in the Life series. If you haven't already, be sure to listen to part one in this series to experience a day in the life of a private chef slash health coach. So they say you can't get a job without experience, but need experience to get the job. But luckily, we have quite the experience. You can join our team and experience a day in the life of the jobs you want by applying to be a student editor. Regardless of your major or amount of experience, this is the perfect stepping stone into any internship or career. Find more info and sign up at xadiddle.com slash students. That's x-a-d-i-t-l dot com slash students. Thanks for listening. Head over to xadiddle.com. That's x-a-d-i-t-l.com. There you can find the show notes for this series and more A Day in the Life articles. And you can get to know us and our guests more by joining our communities on social media. Follow at xadiddle on Instagram and on LinkedIn by searching for Krista Bow and Matt with one T Poe. If you learned something in this episode, please take some time to help our mission by leaving a positive rating and review of the show. Each week, we bring you a new interview series with guests from different jobs and different industries. In each series, we'll live a specific day in the life, hour by hour, and experience their career journey. So don't forget to subscribe.